Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Chad Buxton, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> Chad. Well, well, we find ourselves at, um, at uh, Chad Buxton's uh, beautiful home, just south of Noosa. Where exactly are we, Chad? Uh, we're in Majimba. So M- Majimba. Just north of the Maruchi River. Oh, fantastic. Cool. So we were originally going to do this in uh, a cafe around the corner, but there were too many people. So we've come to Chad's <laughs> place. And as you can probably hear in the background, there's a few birds. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, what you do when you do podcasts in the, in the backyard with some birds. So, yeah, welcome. Sukasa Mikasa. Thank you, mate. So, yeah, Bradley, I guess well, we'll yeah, come look, up the coast. We'll come up the coast. We've got a, we've got a few exciting things happening, uh, obviously, today, meeting Chad and obviously tomorrow. So, Jeremy and I tomorrow are going to drop some truth bombs at Noosa Council. We're presenting to the mayor and all the councillors about a potential zero litter to ocean target for the Noosa Shire. So essentially trying to advocate for and get council to commit and work towards a zero litter to ocean target, which basically means trying to minimise any discharge of any plastics and other pollutants, anything bigger than five millimetres. And we've seen three councils sign up already. And, you know, as a as a former um, Noosa resident, I uh, class of 95 I was, and my parents still live there. Well, you mean the class of 95, that's when you graduated. I graduated from Noosa High <laughs> in uh, 1995. Showing your age here, mate. I, I, think, I think that's the first year I went to high school. <laughs> oh, I must have been in any dance, yeah. you know, group, maybe. <laughs> that means I'm the oldest one in the room. <laughs> but Chad... Uh, no, well, well, there, yeah, there, exactly, yeah. yeah. So before we thought we'd go and drop some truth bombs on, on, uh, on Noosa Council... We thought we'd get uh, we get someone with a bit of local knowledge, and uh, what best to get uh, the man who's uh, leading up Plastic Free Noosa, chat along for a bit of a chat. So, mate, welcome and thank you very much for allowing us to come into your house. Oh no, thank you. I'm excited. Cool. So we always love a backstory, Chad. You are you obviously the project coordinator at Plastic Free Noosa, but you know, apart from that, tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> so if you can't tell from my accent, I'm Californian, born and bred. <laughs> I had a very eclectic life, lived in the city, lived in the mountains, built my own house way back when, then decided I couldn't pay for college, so I'll go to the military and um, join the Navy uh, with the effort, you know, the understanding that that'll pay for my college when I get out. Mm. So that wasn't a pleasant experience for me, unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> it, wasn't the, it wasn't like the YMCA song at all? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. So, um, so it wasn't Top Gun? No, no, you, you couldn't say that. No. Okay. 
because well, you know Top Gun Two is coming out. Yeah. Just by the way, yeah, we're, we're all really excited. About it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to figure out how Tom Cruise figures into that. In I, 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 I know that's kind of oh, weird. No, I think he's the the general. Like he's the guy. Like the classic line out of the first one was, "Your eagles run checks, your body can't cash." <laughs> and I reckon Maverick will be the, the the general dude. I guess you know, in charge of all the the young Mavericks and Gooses and Ice Mans and mate. You, <laughs> You can big my wingman anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep anyway. looking. Anyway, back to back to the navy. Yeah, high hopes, high hopes. <laughs> so uh, I was a little bit disillusioned after that, and I uh, moved to LA. I uh, had some mates there, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to take a siesta, spend a lot of time surfing. As you do in LA, I went out surfing one day after a big rain and got an ear infection. As you do in LA. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I happened to be in Manhattan Beach at the time. Because I couldn't go in the water, I just started wandering around. So I went to the end of this pier with this big round building. It's called the Roundhouse. And unbeknownst to me, the back half was actually a marine aquarium. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I started talking to him. I said, oh, you know, do you guys need any volunteers? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So I started volunteering at the aquarium. And uh, I worked at a summer camp because I'm American. And uh, I was working on an island as a marine science teacher. And uh, this was with Jacques-Michel Cousteau. Do you guys know who he is? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, so the Cousteaus, you know, obviously pioneers of scuba and, uh, you know, one of my heroes. Uh, most kids don't even know who he is now. And uh, they said, hey, look, we can tell you really love the marine environment. You should become a marine scientist if you want to take this further. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. And there just happened to be a bunch of Aussies working there on working holidays. So... I came up with this great plan that I was going to go to Australia for a year, I was going to get my dive instructors, and uh, that could justify a gap year. And uh, here I am, still still in Australia. Wow. So how, how long ago was that, Chad? Uh, that was in 2000. So wow. I've been here getting close to 19 years now. Wow. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so you obviously did your marine science degree? Yeah, I did in- that here at uh, UQ. Yeah, University of Queensland yeah, in Brisbane, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was the first uh, marine science cohort to go through and, uh, yeah, moved up to Cairns, practiced marine science for quite a while and uh, then had kids, so. Wow. And then we fast forward to now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Skip a whole bunch of years. <laughs> and so how did Plastic Free Noosa come about? Well, I was volunteering for the Sunshine Coast Environment Council for a while and uh, Boomerang Alliance came along and they said, hey, we got this idea, we want to reduce single-use plastics, but we want to do it at a community level, and we want to do something that can potentially be replicated around other communities. And so I sat in on those first meetings, and I started thinking, hey, this is a really good idea. Uh, So I started contributing where I could, and uh, they got some funding from the Queensland government, and they said, hey, do you want to help us build and uh, develop and run this program? I said, absolutely. Mm. So that was late 2017, so we've been rolling out the program for the last two years now. Yeah, so what specifically does Plastic Free Noosa actually do? I I like to start conversations saying, hey, I'm not actually against plastic. Plastic has a purpose Mm. in society. It's a great invention because it's lightweight, it's durable, it doesn't break down. But all those characteristics of plastic make it very unsuitable for being single use. Now, that's yeah. the problem. So yeah. I always try and clarify that at the beginning because it's really hard to be plastic-free. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, of course it is. And that's what we always say. Like, plastic's not going away. It, it, it's not. Yeah. It's just the way we use it. That's right. Yeah. Um, look, plastic, to be honest, plastic it is a fantastic 
product in terms of it's cheap, it's durable, and it can last a very long time. But I think those qualities make it actually a really bad thing as well. And often when it ends up in our marine environment and our waterways, those great qualities turn really, really nasty. Well, and that's what we were just talking about. We, we, we just decided to um, – like, Sorry, beer with Chad. He's just coughing down his lungs. <laughs> um, but no, no, we, like you know, we, that's what we we're just talking about before we jumped on uh, and started recording. You know, it's it's one of those things that people get the perception that that plastic is is we, we just want to wipe it out altogether. Mm. It's not. It's not going to go away at all. And I guess we've been pretty lucky. Plastic's given us a voice to allow us to go. What else goes down that drain? And like you just said before, you know, you got an ear infection after a rainfall event going for a surf. That happens everywhere. That's you right. Know? So plastic has given us a voice. And just before we hopped on, we were talking about the amount of research that's coming out on a daily basis uh, about, you know, the effects of microplastics, the amount of plastic that's floating on the, on the top of the ocean. The amount of research is just huge because we're only really just learning what it does to us. That's right. And actually, yeah. the timing of all this was really good for the program. Um, there were some really key things that happened that just really brought plastics to the social conscience. One was, I'm sure you guys seen the viral video of the turtle with the straw in his nose. Absolutely. Yep. So that's kind of what kick-started yep. the whole banning of straws. Yep. So everyone was talking about it. It was really in everyone's face. The Pacific gyre patch, mm. you know, everyone's understanding of that is probably very incorrect, but, you know, Everyone knows about it now. And then there was China with the national sword. So when they stopped taking everyone's recycling, all of a sudden we said, we, we've got a real problem. We're going to have to face this and we're going to have to do something about it. So all that stuff happening at the same time really brought single-use plastics to the forefront and saying, how are we going to deal with our waste and what are our options here? Yeah, I think we need to be smart about what is the, 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 the key source of that. Say, for example, a, a, a plastic straw up a turtle's not straw. That was horrific, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, anyone that was just an horrific scene getting that straw out of turtle's nose. And you look at the the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and the footage of of people swimming in oceans full of plastic and people doing beach cleanups and all the rubbish that they collect. There's a lot of attention around the issue, but from, from, to be honest, prior to probably the last 12 months, I haven't really seen much discussion about what's the key source of that pollution. And, and we did a survey at the start of the year. 76% of Australians don't know where it's coming from. Is that a credible um, survey? I think so. It's a, well, this is a survey that the Ocean Protect uh, commissioned. It was an independent survey. We set the questions. No, no, I'm just saying 76% of Aussies. Um, is that- well, it's a thousand. It's a, look, we didn't ask everybody in the country, did we? but we, it was an independent survey in that we asked random people from all demographics, all age groups, all locations, and we asked them a few questions. And one of them was, what's the key source of this ocean plastic? And about a quarter of people think the, the key source is um, commercial fishing nets. A quarter of people think it was um, maybe littering at the beach. A quarter of people thought it was sewage. And about a quarter of people thought it was storm runoff, like coming from the land. We do know that there's studies that indicate that around about 80% of ocean plastic originates from land-based sources and the key mechanism it gets there is via stormwater runoff. And this is something we've been sort of observing in our industry. So we're basically from the stormwater industry, I guess, for if for want of a general, uh, if you want to use a general term. We've been seeing this for ages. Like when Jeremy p- pokes his head down underground garbage bins like gross pollutant traps and looks at cleaning out gully baskets, the same pollutants that we see in our devices are the same ones that people see in beach cleanups and the same ones they see in their marine environment. It's, the, it's, the, it's not all plastics. It's 
very invariably, the most common items are the single-use plastics, the plastic bags, the plastic single-use bottles, the the straws. Anyway, let's just go back to right. So you've you've had the a bit of momentum and um, the boomerang alliance, I believe, came yes. along. Yeah. So tell us about the first days. I mean, <laughs> what, what what was happening? Was it you yourself? Yeah. So those first days were really interesting because uh, we weren't established. No one really knew who we were, but we did go and try and get as much support as we can because there's so many great organizations like Surf Riders and everyone else that are, uh, you know, Sea Shepherd. They're all trying to tackle this problem as well. And so we didn't want to come into a community and say, hey, we're the plastic guys now and we're taking over. <laughs> we're you like, sheriff in town. Pretty much, like, pretty much what Brad Del Rimble does. Yeah, yeah. This dance floor is mine. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time, you know, the first few months getting all the community groups and, uh, you know, the business groups, council and everyone together and say, hey, this is, this is what we're thinking. What do you guys think? Yeah. And uh, trying to formulate what it looks like, this, this strategy. And we didn't start rolling the program until about five or six months later because, you know, you got to get all that infrastructure in place. We had was like, do we have signs? Do we have plastic signs? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do we, you know, what logo are we going to yeah. use? How is that going to resonate with the community? So there was a lot of that set up stuff. Yeah. But once we started going, you just like the embracement by the uh, business. Is that even a word? <laughs> embracement. I mean, I would say that. I'll, I'll use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done. Oxford Dictionary. Embracement. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, community just embracing it was, was so fantastic to see. And uh, I have to say that's probably one of the most positive aspects of my job is just getting that positive feedback and meeting so many people that are trying to tackle this issue. Yeah. But yeah, it was difficult in the beginning because we didn't have any real traction. We didn't have much authority. Yeah. Uh, and another challenge that we didn't see at first was you're offering a free program. Yeah. And so that seems really good and it removes a barrier to participate, which is fantastic. But at the same time, if it's a free program, they're not necessarily investing in it either. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 you bang on. They're like, oh, it's free. If you, if you get people to pay it, then they get the yeah. invested interest in it. So sometimes they... it's like, we'll get to it, and uh, that's fine because uh, the making the changes that we're asking them to make in terms of getting rid of single-use plastic, they do take time. Sometimes mm. it takes them a year or so yeah. because that's the, the biggest challenge for a business. They're busy. And they're running their business, they're trying to feed their kids, and they don't necessarily have time to investigate, they don't yeah. have time to even pick up the phone and change a purchasing order. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of these these things that we've learned over time that are really uh, challenging. And are you, are you largely at this stage focusing on businesses? So yeah. restaurants, cafes, Yeah, so bars. this program, it's interesting. It's a community program. And so I do a lot of engagement in terms of like movie screenings, school talks and and things that I can get the community to talk about. But at, primarily, uh, this program works with the businesses themselves because the idea is if I can get a business to change an item of single, you know, a single use item. So let's say we get rid of straws. Uh, an example of this would be uh, one of our cafes uh, at a resort. They looked at their straw use and they said, huh, we use 200,000 straws a year. And I was like, okay, well, let's switch that. So if they switch to paper straws or a reusable straw and just you know eliminate that item, that's 200,000 straws that are not only going into the ocean but not getting used at all. Yeah. And it also makes it really easy for the community to avoid that single-use plastic mm. because the reason why we use a lot of it is because it's just given to us and it's hard. And if you can get a business to change their single-use packaging – you get everyone by default, so they may not even care about the issue. Yeah. But when they go in and they get something, 
they've already had the same impact as someone that's passionate about the oceans. And if I'm a business, what is my motivation to change? It depends on the business. So a business might be getting feedback from their customers. So let's say uh, you've got a, a natural product store. Let's say you're serving smoothies or something. Uh, everyone's identifying that as a healthy item. And, you know, some people get a little bit grumpy about that. And they say, like, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to protect the environment myself. And uh, you're giving me this smoothie with a plastic straw in it. Mm. So a lot of businesses do get feedback from their customers now saying, can you remove this? There's also many amazing people campaigning on this. So they might have heard it. Maybe it's a passion for the manager. It, it all depends. Uh, the motivations are, are quite varied as to why they would change. Uh, sometimes you can actually make a savings on these things. So let's, like, if you think about single-use coffee cups, there's a misunderstanding of what happens to those in the first place. A lot of people don't even know the impact. So, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the war on waste. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, obviously you guys did because you're in this sphere. But a lot of people still have not seen that and they don't understand sure. what the impact is. And even if you tell them, you know, Australians alone are using two to three billion coffee cups and lids a year, um, it may not sink in unless they see it visually or it may be just easy to gloss over. Yeah. But then there's misunderstanding about what happens to those cups. Mm -hmm. Are they recyclable? Are they not? <laughs> if I switch to a compostable cup, does it go to compost? Does it go to landfill? So there's all these questions that are still surrounding individual items. Often, particularly with environmental statistics, the numbers just wash over people. It's hard to relate to one cafe using 200,000 straws. It's hard to actually physically, because how many times do you see 200,000 straws visually? It's hard, hard to, I guess, grasp. But what I think any sort of movement or change needs is it does need to be Simple and convenient. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think... Often the, 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 the transition from single-use plastics away from single-use plastics can seem simple and, and convenient, but often it does need a little bit of mojo and a little bit of information and a little bit of help. Yes. This is where you guys step in, obviously. That's right. And that's one of the distinctions of this program as compared to others. Like The reason why this works is there's a coordinator on the ground. So I'm actually literally going out to these businesses and helping them along. Um, you must drink a lot of smoothies then. <laughs> <laughs> I do get a lot of coffee. So. <laughs> That's nice. That's another perk. But yeah, having someone actually engaging in that conversation is really, really impactful because as we've discussed, businesses are busy. So just reinforcing, rehaving that conversation. And then it might be two or three times you've got to go in and they say, 
oh yeah, I've been meaning to do that. Or, oh, I was meaning to talk to you. And uh, can you just, and then you never know when that, that time is going to be right. And then they're just going to make that switch because there's a plethora of information on the internet. Like any one of these businesses could have switched at any given point in time. Mm. Um, they're just not because they may not have something pushing them along. And, the, and it's not because they're not passionate about the environment. They're probably literally just not having the time and space to think about it. So just from a, from a first cold call, you walk into Brad Dalrymple's vegan restaurant. Um, <laughs> you say, hey, Brad, do you do an audit of what they're currently using single-use? So can you just explain? Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone, yeah. Everyone, you know, you go and say you've got straws, but there must be so many items that you must be like, well, yeah, yeah. Let's see no, what you're so using. that was part of the planning process. So in this case, we've decided there are six key items. So that makes it mm. simple. We say, look, there's, there's probably 15, 20, 30 items that you could probably work on. But let's just focus on the key ones because they're key components of the marine pollution in our environment. So straws, you know, water bottles, coffee cups and lids, that kind of thing. So we identified six items. So we go in and say, hey, would you like to join this free program? We'll help you get rid of these six key items. And uh, generally that's that's okay. But again, we have that problem of a program being free and, and following up with it. But once they've signed up, then we go out and do an induction or an you know, it's it's basically an audit, but it's not an official audit. It's just we go and document where they're at at that point in time. So you go into a cafe and you say, all right, let's go over these six items. Let's uh, see, like, what are you using right now? And then track that over time. And then once we've done that, we can say, okay, well, these are the ones you still have to work on. Which one would you like to work on first? Sorry, just to clarify, what are those six items? Okay, so our key six items are, uh, I'm, I'm always get this, <laughs> I always miss one. Don't stuff this up, Chad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there's plastic straws, yep. obviously. There are takeaway containers, yep. coffee cups and lids. There is... Plastic see, bags, I'm guessing? Plastic bags, which is an interesting one, yeah. which we'll come to in a second. Single-use water bottles yeah. and cutlery. Yeah. So those are your six items. Yeah. And then another very important reason why we chose those is every single one of those items has a readily available alternative now. So you're not setting them up to fail. You're yeah. saying, hey... You know, that's it. If you, if, you, if you go out with a lofty goal and go, hey, guys, you want to do this? <laughs> and then you don't show a pathway forward on how you can easily achieve it, yeah. and it's never going to work. Yeah. We find that yeah. in different, different things. So That's right. So I, the, I thought cups and lids would be two items, just FYI. They, they, in, in terms of uh, quantifying, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, cool. we do. Because uh, often you see a lot of cafes have bio cups. With plastic lid. Yes, yeah. and then they have a plastic oh, yeah. lid. And when you explain it to them, they say, well, it's recyclable. I was like, are you aware that it doesn't get recycled? No, but it says it's recyclable. There's a little triangle yeah. on the lid, so it must be okay. It's a problem with our government allowing us to ship uh, plastic and other pollution over to other countries. So whilst it might be recyclable, is it actually going to be recycled? And that and that is your message, you know, like, hey, guys, it's recyclable, but is it? You know, people are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. It just comes down to government policy and on, on allowing them to fulfill that, I guess. Yeah, so you can start seeing the complexities of having this conversation because we also have a hierarchy. So if you can reuse, so if you can implement a reusable system like reusable coffee cups or reusable takeaway containers, that's obviously better than single use, yeah. whether it's plastic or not, yeah. because you're still creating a waste product. But then again, there's more information that you have to give them. But we're not dictating what that choice is for that particular business. We say, look, all we're asking you to do is get rid of your single use plastics and swap it to an alternative. And if you can go reusable, fantastic. Well, well, well just a segue, you know, like, uh, menu log, Uber Eats, Deliveroo, 
What are they doing about it? Well, I, I know of um, Deliveroo's service where they're working with Returner, and they have stainless steel containers which you can opt wow. opt in. So uh, Ret- oh, you can. Yeah, Returner. I'm check that right now. Yeah, Returner is actually um, one of the co-founders of Keep Cups. Um, so this is idea. one of his new projects. So um, that's good to see uh, how it's how, how going. It's how yeah, is yeah. it going? I don't know, um, but it's it's fantastic that people are trying to tackle that issue. Be- because then you've got problems with hygiene. Potentially, potentially perceived. Yeah. You know, like oh, am I getting this back? Who cleaned it? Who's responsible for mm. it? But I mean, something has to be done about it. I mean, shameful, Jeremy. Like <laughs> we do occasionally get, you know, deliveries. And we do get single-use single plastic. That's my point. It, it has to be any solution, any transition needs to be simple and convenient. Every so often, you'll probably need to get Deliveroo or Uber Eats or whatever, but you know, if you have a simple and convenient option to, to not use single-use plastics, you'll take it every okay, time. Okay, so on the car on the way up here, yeah. we're, we're about to do this ultra Bali marathon swim run event, <laughs> and I'm sitting next to Brad in the car, and I'm like, so we're doing a half marathon, we're doing this swim. What, where are we going to get our water from? Yeah. You know, are they going to give us single-use yeah. Water bottles when we're running and doing this bloody half marathon, they'll have to. That's right, and you, you don't have any control over that. So, exactly. like, let me ask you guys: in this last week, have you used any single-use plastic well, items? One hundred percent. I have too, yeah. and this is my job. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the reason why is because it's it's an item of convenience, and exactly. it's hard to not use yeah. because it's just handed to you. So that's that's kind of the power of of engaging the community in this program. Because if I can get it out of the stores, yeah, then it doesn't. It's not given to you. And that's why we work for with events as well. Yeah. So let's talk about the Noosa Triathlon. Um, so we engaged with them last year and we said, hey, uh, we'd like to talk to you about single-use plastics, you know, events. Yeah. They're a high-waste activity. Yeah. We're going out, we're enjoying ourselves, but we're producing a lot of stuff because we're not at home. And uh, we said, you know, we get a lot of complaints, I'm sure you do too, about all your single-use plastic cups, which you provide to runners so they can yes. stay hydrated. Yes. Now, I don't know. You did the triathlon. Yes. Did you notice that the cups were different this I year? I was just about to say, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> but only since you actually just started talking about it. Because normally in the new, I've been, I've done now 15 Noosa triathlons, would you believe? 15? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I've done 15. Well done, and, it's, and I remember early days, and I think for many, many years, they used to give you a, a single-use plastic water bottle, which is, to be honest, is more water than you really need. Uh, so you end up sort of throwing a lot of it just on the ground, whatever. And, and I think maybe, maybe five or so years ago, they used to give um, like a sort of single-use plastic cup. Yeah. So a fairly small cup, so full of water. And you obviously throw that on the ground and someone would pick it up, ho- hopefully. Um, but this year, I do know that they actually had paper cups. So a fairly small paper cup, which obviously isn't isn't made of plastic. Is that is that am I right in saying is that that's correct? You are, but let's talk about paper cups for a second. Yeah, because I love talking about paper cups because because they're lined with plastic. Well, if you think about it, paper doesn't hold water, but we all have paper cups now. Your paper coffee cup, and 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 I I wonder why we do that, and I think it's probably because maybe mentally we have an aversion to holding plastic cups. Maybe we just know maybe we shouldn't be doing this. So if they look paper, then we're just like, oh well, they're paper cups, and then we can walk away from that. But people are starting to understand that paper cups are actually lined with plastic so that they can retain liquids. In the case of the Noosa Triathlon, that particular lining is made from cornstarch. So it's made from plants. So we asked them, we said, hey, why don't we switch to a compostable cup? And they said, that's a good idea. How many cups do you think the Noosa Triathlon uses? Oh, I'm just going to, no, 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 no. I'm just going to go out and one. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Well, how many runners? I think there's about 
uh, over 5,000 competitors. Well, it's the biggest triathlon in the world. I'm saying 8,000 including... the biggest triathlon in the world? It is. It's in the world. I know it's biggest in the Southern Hemisphere, but you're saying biggest in the world now. now in the world, yes. There you go. And you came 10th in your age group. Boom, boom, shake the room, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take my floaties to Bali. (laughs) (laughs) Or are you going to pack... I would say 100,000. Oh, look, 8,000 competitors each using, say, five paper cups. I'll say 40,000. It's about 180,000. What? So, boom, boom, shake the room. So now let's let's think about this from an an event perspective. That's a huge outlay of money. What are they worth each? Uh, roughly well, know, 20 to 30 cents a cup. Well, you, oh, you, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot Let's of money, right? So Go they on. said- what, 50 grand? Yeah, so when we're, we're talking this through, they said, hey, that's that's good. This is this fits what we want to do in terms of sustainability, but they said, we got to make sure that they're composted. Because if we're going to go to this effort, we might as well make sure this gets turned back into dirt. So we spent a lot of time making sure that all those connections were in place so that we could actually take all of those cups and take them to a commercial composter and get turned back into dirt, which is what is happening now. So that's a huge win for an event. But we were talking about when you go to events, you have no control over that. So it's nice to see that events are starting to embrace And I'll be honest with you, if I'm running down with, you know, sweat pouring out of me and whatever and I'm dying of it's thirst. It's the last if, thing you're thinking yeah, about. I'm not going to go, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going plastic free this month. You know, I'm not going to drink, uh, you know. Well, actually, I saw, was it the London Marathon? Or yeah. Where they had those yeah, those balls? gels. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, we came to try one of them. Yeah, look weird. I would be too. I, yeah. I, I don't know who made one. them. Let's, let's ring. I think they're find, made out of algae cells. No, no, well, let's yeah. find out yeah. the guy who invented them and get them on the podcast because that's pretty cool because yeah. that's yeah. – but- that's the point, like, the, I guess we're trying to make is that it has to be a, a simple and convenient alternative That's and right. needs to be readily available. And like you indicated, if, if basically as a consumer, as I'm running down with all my spandex uh, uh, on and hair flying down in the wind, I don't really want to make a choice. I want the, almost the choice to be made for me. And if someone hands me whatever it is, I'm going to take it. So obviously that's one of the advantages of actually working with the businesses. That's right. And obviously there's less businesses than there are people. So if you can target your efforts – and I guess that's what Plastic Free Noose is doing by focusing on the businesses. You can have a massive impact. That's right. And so the the theory was we get as many businesses as we can on board. And then once you hit some sort of threshold, let's say you get 50% of businesses, all of a sudden you've got these signs and you're starting to get this information out there that I'm a Plastic Free Noose of business yeah. because the power of this is – allowing the consumer to make a choice. So these businesses are investing a little bit more money, often you know, taking these things on because of altruism and environmental motivations, and we want to reward them for that. So one, we want to tell everyone, make sure that people know that they're doing something because we don't talk en- enough about the positive things that are going on in the environment. Yeah. But also allowing, let's say you're walking down Hastings Street and you could identify this cafe is plastic free and this one's not. You may make that choice as a consumer to go to the one because they're doing that. And that's kind of the point is once you've gone plastic free, we can promote you and say, look, these guys are doing great things for the environment. You should spend your dollars here. Then you would hope that that second 50% would be like, well, if I don't do that, then I'm going to lose out. So whereabouts are you at with the amount of cafes and in the Noosa area? I think we got about 100 and I should know this. About 130 cafes and restaurants. We've got about 260 businesses. Wow. You know, going back, I remember our first cafe uh, was FOMO. Yeah. In, where are they? Sunshine Sunshine Beach. Yeah. Shout out Um, to FOMO. Yeah, shout out to FOMO. They were were the original champions. So that was fantastic. Just 
jumping on board with, you know, very little plan. We're just like, this is what we want to do. Oh, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's some amazing businesses out there. There's uh, Noosa Boathouse. There's uh, Ricky's. The whole Ogilvy group really embraced it. So Aromas on Hastings Street, they just said, hey, we're going to just switch everything. They even designed their own packaging around this initiative. It was great. I so, mean, really, there's, if you've got 236 businesses or whatever it was, that's 236 awesome people, and they all deserve a shout-out. We can't yeah. lose that. And, and look, I mean? let's take FOMO as an example. What did they physically do? So, like, they've obviously got uh, their cafe. Yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. using single – historically, they had single-use plastic cups. Well, uh, it depends. Like, that's why we um, do that induction to see where yeah. they're at because some of them might have done all this. And that's one thing that we try to say. Like, we're not taking the credit for what you're doing because – you may have done it well, already. Jeremy does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what? Take, Take credit for, for, for what? my work. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? Give me an example. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pay you this much. <laughs> yeah. I think in the case of FOMO, they'd already done quite a few things. Like yes. I, I'm pretty sure they even ditched straws prior to us being there because they had some really passionate people. And that's another thing to really highlight. It's, it's not necessarily just one person. Often it's many staff members. Members. It may be the owner. And interesting, that's that's another challenge in terms of engagement. Like, it's very hard to walk into a business and say, hey, would you like to join Plastic Free Nusa? They'd be like, uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea, but you're going to have to talk to my manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're really in a sales role, really. Yeah, you're, we are. Yeah, you know, you're out there going, because, hey, man, I've knocked doors and, 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 and you know what it's like. You're pounding the pavement, it's 30 degrees outside, you're going door to door to door. And, and like you say, the business owner's like, oh, look, I'm, I'm really busy. The phone's ringing. Look, come back and see me in a week. And you're like, okay, great. Yeah, I'll go the next that's time. Right, that's so right. So it, it is a challenge. And then you get a champion, you get like, you know, a, a certain person. <laughs> And that goes, yeah, great. I'll put you onto the owner. I'll write it down. And you feel like you've got a lead, and you ring them up, and they tell you to piss off. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's a constant, you know, machine that you've got to keep going. So That's right. It takes a person. It takes someone yeah. really managing this. Mm. Um, but then on the other, on the other hand, you have some amazing people out in the community. So uh, one of those examples is RACV Nusa. They've got an entire green team, and they're just doing stuff. And so my job in that case is just to engage with them and tell their story. So, so with that acronym, RSV? RACV. It's a resort in uh, Noosa. Okay. Yeah, resort yeah. Chain. They're, well, they're mainly a car insurance company, yeah. but they have several resorts. I thought it. you said RSVP and old uh, Brad's. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. The episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.